How many times have you heard the stories? A neighbor's loved one laid to rest. A day or two goes by, and there they are at the front door, cursing and crying and asking, Why? Why? No, they're not a vampire. They just weren't dead when you buried them. Premature burials happen more often than you think. But when you just can't tell the difference at that moment of mourning, what can you do to protect your not-quite-dead-yet loved one? Premature burial alert systems are affordable, convenient, and easy to install. We run a line from within your loved one's final resting place up through the earth and out to a tiny bell attached to their gravestone. All they need do is tug on the line from inside the coffin and a passerby will hear their cry of life. Premature burials happen. It's just a fact of death. But you can prevent unnecessary death with just a little tinkle. Premature burial alert systems. When death really isn't the end. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sci-Fi Writers playing Old School Dungeons and Dragons. Huzzah! I am Jason Onsbach, the Dungeon Master, and you know, I think it would be good for our listeners if we go around in a circle, don't have to sing Kumbaya, but say who you are in real life and maybe your character's name, so that people can know uh, who is who when they hear our voices. So let's start with Christopher Bohr. I am Christopher Bohr. And oh, I easy. play uh, uh, Sander Vance, the uh, kind of, uh, I don't even know what I am, a mess, I guess. <laughs> a very um, developed character there. Yes. Too weak to even hold his knife. I am Chris Bohr. I play Sander Vance, and I'm a mess. <laughs> Let's go with our other Chris. Uh, okay. I'm Chris Porto. I play Raylan Shadowwalker, who is a Texas Ranger. Um and uh, so far, I've been pretty uh, totally useless with the group. But hey, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to improve as we move along. And if our listeners thought that that was Winnie the Pooh hosting the program from the intro, it is not. It's actually Christopher Bortel. Oh, bother! <laughs> and then let's go to Chris's better half. Yeah, uh, I am Allison Porto, and I play Entandra, the Amazon warrior. She's pretty cool. Now. <laughs> I now, party. Let's go to our Johns, and let's start with John Excuse me? L. Mutt. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> That's right. you, just you just triggered 20-year-old me. <laughs> okay, I'm John L. Monk, and I play a wizard named Promius, whose all his stats are natural 18. Uh, nice. 18, 100. I'm just That's joking. awesome. <laughs> He's really cool. You don't see that a lot. <laughs> like a wizard named Mary Sue. Um, <laughs> Mr. Freighter. 
I'm John Frater, and I play Ro Belmondo, the flamboyant and yet friendly and interesting and hopefully very uh, not-prone-to-die fighter. <laughs> and Nick. Uh, my name is Nick, and I have a problem with alcohol. I mean, um, <laughs> that joke never gets old. I love it, but it's true. Um, I play Captain Jack Random, who's sort of an out-of-time uh, pirate who's probably really a thief working on some sort of – he, he's not an assassin, but he's a hobbyist. <laughs> he's a hobbyist. <laughs> Nice. Uh, what have I gotten myself into? So then joining us for the show, though her character hasn't been introduced yet, is Kat Rocha. And so Kat, do you want to, maybe you don't spoil your character's intro yet, but you can tell us about yourself. Oh, no, no, we don't want to give spoilers yet. Not at all. Um, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Kat Rocha, and uh, I am the uh, CEO and editor-in-chief of uh, Zero One Publishing. And uh, I have been playing D&D since I was seven years old in my mom's Dungeons & Dragons group. In fact, I broke out my old book from uh, fourth grade to, in order to uh, create my character today. So this is wow. this is quite fun. I'm, I'm, it's like uh, going down memory lane for me. This is great. Great. Wow, what an awesome childhood. Oh, yeah. No, I had tons of fun when I was a kid. I, um, my mom and I would sit and paint figures, and though I couldn't get the little tiny details because I was only seven, it was tons of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so everybody remember the plan. Okay. We hold Kat's character's life in our hands until she hands over publishing deals. Wow, you're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> Not kidding. All right. <laughs> kidding, not kidding. The important thing is kidding, getting paid, kidding. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, John Frader, why don't you tell us what happened last week in case people forgot? Last week, in case people forgot, and I have to admit I forgot a fair amount of this myself until Jason reminded me, uh, the pony had split up where Forbes, whose character I cannot remember his name, uh, went north to the Crystal Club and attempted to intimidate um, – the folks there and was rewarded with a bad case of death or at least a bad case of we don't know where he is now because he did not return and we were not and we're trying to figure that that out now uh meanwhile it's not very hard uh, really it's not very hard meanwhile nick's character who i also am drawing a blank on his name even though i heard it 30 seconds ago because that's jack how random. jack random uh managed to uh, stay with the group who watched rather uh, ominously and, and uh, not quite helplessly, but not quite really, you know, willing to do anything about it in that sort of way. There's a word that means that, which I can also can't remember right now, as he intimidated and eventually killed a drunk for information. We are now on our way towards the, the Crystal Club, I believe, to figure out what is going on. That was that was excellent. I would compliment John Frader on that. If you read his Facebook posts on November eighth, he was recreating the Lloyd Bridges, Bridges role from Airplane. So it's nice to see him upright. It's always a bad day to stop the glue. All right. So as a party, except for Cat, you are making your way through the side streets and alleys, getting away from the inn that uh, was the site of your murder. You're probably okay. You're probably okay because Christopher Boer's character uh, did cover for you all. Uh, but what do you want to do right now? Do you want to leave town? Do you want to hang out and look around some more? Do you want to go look for uh, Forbes' character? The ball is yours. Well, the I defer to the kind wisdom of Allison. 
I'd say we head out of town. We've got a week's journey ahead of us. I agree, because I just murdered a dude. <laughs> that, too. <laughs> that can't be good for us, no. <laughs> right, so we're now going to meet the damsel in distress we kind of chased the vampire away from, right? Right. That's, right. Yeah, that's the next step. Okay. And point of order, do we care about that low life that went off to the Crystal Club? I don't no. know why. Do you want to go murder some more people in a bar? Well, he seemed dangerous, like the kind of guy who would just randomly murder people. All the uh, more reason uh, well, uh, we to head that, out. We call that projection. <laughs> then I right. say we leave him and exit town. Mm-hmm. Second. Okay. Done. Party's all together. You ready to go? Yes. yes. All right. So you leave town, and you are traveling along the path outlined on the map you were given that will take you to uh, the old town of uh, Kartakis, or I mean of Scald in Kartakis. Uh, as you travel, it's typical Ravenloft weather. It's nice and it looks very gloomy. Dark. Very dark. <laughs> you, can see, you can see into the forest, but only so far. Um, there's sort of like the scuttle of feet, panting, howls uh, that accompany every once in a while. You get the sense that there's things walking parallel to you, but always just out of sight. So Panting we, and howls? What kind of forest is this? We, Children we, of the night! Shut up! <laughs> we, we left, uh, and it is dark, correct? We left at night, we haven't rested, or... Yeah, I think we beat feet out of town pretty quick. Okay. Yeah, you okay. beat feet out of town, so you're going to have to most likely, most likely you're going to have to sleep here on the road, but uh, you still have a little bit of time. I would say it's uh, like maybe two, three o'clock so it's it's not quite evening yet. It's it's getting gloomier, but you still have some daylight. All right. Okay. So, so we're on the road. So you're just, on the road. And I think I think this is a good time to introduce Cat to the rest of the party. So as you're traveling in the opposite direction, uh, you see a large caravan, uh, wooden wagons, um, pulled by horses. And uh, colorfully dressed folks that seem obviously mm. to be gypsies. And there is uh, one in particular that's standing out, and that's Kat's character. And she's kind of walking in the front. Okay. Um, you see a, a woman, relatively five, six or so, long black hair, you know, deep, deep black eyes. Um, wearing a, uh, a leather bodice over a, uh, purple dress and, uh, leather boots. A woman? Captain Jack, likey, likey. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she is quite the comely woman, I must say. That's a bonus. <laughs> Alright, so as you pass, you're within greeting distance of each other. You can choose to pass quietly or talk. It would be awkward if you just didn't say anything, and now we have two campaigns that, again. That would be, that would be great. Right? That was Cat, everyone. Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could have awesome, like, super celebrities in that we do that to, like George Clooney. Like, welcome George Clooney. And then we just pass George Clooney's character. <laughs> He's just a farmer working his He's field. Just a farmer. <laughs> hey, that's how South Park got their, got their opening. 
Exactly. <laughs> um, well, it's impossible for me to pass up anything without talking. So I, I, <laughs> but Allison is the leader. So Allison, when did I become the leader? I always thought you were the leader or, or I always, the person to blame is how I always refer to you. <laughs> I'm here to keep you guys out of trouble. You feel All right. To talking. All right. Well, hello, young lady. Well, hello, sir. And what do you do on this road? Ah, we are traveling to Scald for love and adventure. and We haven't found any. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a a bad fortune for you, sir. Fortune is what you make it. Or take it. Or stab it to death and take its coin purse. (laughs) Ah, you're a fortune teller. I am, sir. Would you like your fortune told? No, things might be revealed that I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> oh, come on. Everybody loves to see a peek into the mysterious. Uh, unless that mysterious is a howling dark wolf, no. <laughs> um, would you care to join our company? We're on our way to Scald, and we might be able to use a person like you. Well, um... There's money, there's glory, there's adventure. You might get to see a hobo murdered. Don't give him a coin. <laughs> oh, that's right, I used to tell fortunes. Oh, really? It, it was just a con to take their money. They fell for it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try a third time? Yes, but they got wise. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, um, things have been kind of boring here. <laughs> I do need a little bit of adventure in my life. Um, how comely is your character? Me? Uh, yes, seven, yes. Uh, 16. I'm very comely. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can't you tell from my avatar picture? Come on. Who could resist? So, uh, what is your name, sir? Uh, my name is Captain Jack Random, late of the Cyclops whore, which sank. <laughs> That's a ship, by the way. <laughs> she was that, too. And uh, your companions? Ah, oh, my companions. Uh, this creepy wizard dude who I think might sleep with dead people. The Amazon <laughs> who, you know, hey. Uh, the wizard who seems to be wizardly. Um, yes. The tequila drinking fighter. Uh, uh <laughs> That guy over there who runs out <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> Boon companions all. Friends to the death. Mainly theirs first. Well, nice to meet you. My, uh, my name is Vidoma, and I'd be happy to join your party. Vidoma, everyone. Yo. Everyone, Vidoma. <laughs> then let us, as they say, sally forth. All right, so they speak some... Uh, whatever their gypsy language is between each other and the rest of the caravan moves down the road. Now you've got your extra adventure. I, I love the mental picture of this pirate. Just talking. Everyone's just standing there quietly while he's just going. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of roll, uh, rolling of eyes going on while he's talking. Stand yeah. back. This is an actor acting. Oh God. <laughs> All right. So you're moving up the road, uh, still traveling. Um, no, uh, no random monsters to fight. Um, you're starting to feel a bit of a chill as the day grows long. And it's probably about time to think about uh, making camp. But you can see some wisps of smoke not too far 
down the road, uh, maybe like a half mile or so. So another 10 minutes walk uh, at your pace, you know, trudging in your armor. And uh, you could you could investigate that, or if you want, you could try to find a clearing in the woods. Your your call. I have an idea. Since we have a rangerly fellow who likes to go creeping around in other people's backyards, rather than wandering into another murder scene where some priest gets carried off into the woods and bludgeoned, why doesn't the ranger go sneak around? That's exactly what I was thinking. Burgle something. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, so I'll recon the camp. Uh, that's that the smoke is rising from. Okay, and uh, do, so it's uh, it appears to be just off the road. So do you want to wor- work your way through the forest, or yeah, you know, I'll do. How thick is the forest on either side of the road? On either side, you know, it's not too thick. It's uh, it's a lot of the more slender trees. The larger trees seem to be further back. Um, so you can you can make your way through pretty well. Um. And, and there's enough big trees that you could hide behind if you needed to. Okay. Two points, of, two points of order before you set out. Maybe you should take someone with you who can come back and inform us. Of my death? Have a, yes. <laughs> or we should have a signal that will signal us to either run away or come get the loot. <laughs> Anybody want to go with me? I'll go with you. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Are you, you're, if you're clinking around in armor, that's probably not going to be a good idea. Ah well, trying to in be that quiet. case I will. In that case I will stand behind and back you up. My How about the Amazon? He's trying to get you out of his, out of your armor. That's I his. have chainmail. Oh, you know that really chafy kind you see. But so very stuff? little of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In the movies. So it's me and the Amazon. Again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see y'all in about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Innuendo. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll move off into the forest near the near the thicker trees, but still in the you know the the clearing part, and uh, okay. make our way forward. All right. So as you uh, creep through the trees and uh, get closer, uh, you notice a faint sound drifting through the air, and listening more closely, uh, you decide that it's someone sobbing. The source of the sound, though, is hidden by a bank of shrubs that runs along the road uh, at the point that you're at. So you'd have to cross over to the other side in order to see over, uh, you know, over into the other side of the road. Hmm. Okay. Um, we can do that. Okay. Creepily. So you sneak. Yeah, you sneak creepily, and uh, you see there's a middle-aged woman kneeling on the ground in a recently cleaned area surrounded on three sides by bushes. She's squeezing freshly disturbed black soil from what appears to be a grave in her hands and smearing it upon her once blue and white apron. The scent of wet earth is sweet in the air. She's crying to herself and does not seem to notice as you approach. Okay, where in uh, proximity to where we are is that rising smoke? It's, uh, it's actually, you can see it's coming from a house uh, just, just, uh, just behind her. Oh, okay. So it looks like this old woman has buried somebody near her own, near, near, a, near the house that's got smoke. Yeah, near the, near the house in the road. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of like in the front yard as you do. Uh, Antandra, why don't you ask her, uh, what's got her so sad? All right, good woman. We mean you no harm. Tell us what is happening here. So she reacts uh, in fright. Oh, oh. And she kind of looks around 
And her eyes are a little wide, looking at uh, certainly your imposing stature, Amazon, and uh, and the swords on your belt. So you can see that she's concerned. I'm squat down so that I'm more at like child level. Okay. So she she she's sensing that you don't mean her any harm, and she says, "Oh, um, she's fighting back tears as she goes. I'm uh, I'm I'm Maria." Uh, it's just, uh, it's my son. Hey, we just met a girl named Maria. <laughs> Shut up, Woodsman. Go on, Maria. <laughs> oh, take that. Um, well, he, um, this is, this is Joshua. Um, we, we just, just buried him. What happened? Um, she starts to look around. Uh, uh, just to kind of see as if someone's watching. And uh, she looks back and has to fight back some more tears, gather her composure. And she tells you, two weeks ago, uh, my husband Antosh was badly wounded. He went out after dark, and I told him not to go. But he had forgotten to put out the lantern in the barn, and he didn't want it to burn down. And, and he heard a noise. <laughs> Calm yourself, woman. I'm trying. There's an animal, and it was in the shadows. It attacked him, and he barely made it inside, but he broke his leg. And every night since then, there has been sounds like the devil outside, evil and dark. And Joshua, he was he was my oldest boy, and he finally decided he could take it no more, and he went outside and he took our blunderbuss, and I asked for him to stop, and he didn't listen, and now here he is. How exactly did he die? That animal, whatever it was, that creature, we heard the boom of the gun, and then we heard silence, and then there was just a dreadful howl. And a horrible scream. And I know it was his. Well, it looks like you got everything handled here. We're headed back to camp. <laughs> Are you trying to outact me? I just want to. Is the DM trying to outact me? <laughs> when, you have to, play, when you have to play, we have to play all those NPCs. Guy who was in the piano. I forget his Adrian Brody. Okay, just go ahead. Anyway. Maria, if you are willing to give us room and board for the night, we will take care of this problem for you. You will. Yes. Because I don't want the rest of my family to end up like Joshua. Of course, of course I will accept your protection. So she she uh, she says she invites you two to come inside the house. Please, the two of you for, come. Is there enough room for the whole party in the house? Um, it's got a fairly good sized common room. Uh, you're not going to have beds, but yeah. As far as she knows, it's just the two of you, just right, the husband right, right. and wife team. Right. I was thinking more of the barn, but okay. All right, so uh, so we'll go in and uh, thank her for her hospitality, uh, assure her, as Entendre already has, that we will take care of her problem, and then I will leave Entendre there and go back and find the rest, get the rest of the party and bring and bring them up to speed. Now, are you letting her know there's more people, or is this going to be like The Hobbit and all these <laughs> start showing up at the door here? Uh, we'll let, we'll say this is how many people we've got, and uh, make sure that that's okay with her. And, uh, and 
Go ahead. I'll tell yeah. you that the, the men can sleep in the barn. That's not a problem. Okay. All right. So she um she's excited at the fact that there are so many of you who might be able to help. And uh, so she goes to cooking a meal, and uh, Antosh is there laid up with a broken leg and splints. And um, there's a couple more uh, children there in the house, just two more children, a little boy and a little girl, um, maybe not quite 10 years old. Um, so she's cooking away, brewing and stewing. Okay, so let's talk to uh, Antosh. Mm-hmm. Who has the best charisma? Nick, probably. I do, but do you really want me to go on in there? Well, not with a knife in your hand, no. Oh. <laughs> you want to just talk, like have them give free information. Uh, I will talk to this Antosh with my devastating charisma. You're getting free food and a warm bed. Let that be enough for you to keep from killing them. The warm floor, anyway. <laughs> If only that were ever enough. Uh, So uh, I will talk to Antosh. Hello. Hello. I am Antosh. By gosh. By gosh. Um, I hear you've been having some problems lately. Yeah. The beasts are uh, dangerous outside here. We heard about werewolves back in that, that hole that you call that city back there. They they didn't seem to be big fans of them. Yeah, none very much are. Ah, I see. And, but, uh, right? But I, I do not know if he's werewolf. What else could it be? Maybe bear. A bear? A bar. Yeah. What bear. exactly is bar? Is you know, a bar, that's big what, claws. That's what he shot uh, when he most, was only three. Uh, most <laughs> bars that I'm frequenting have a nice cordial of brandy or perhaps a port. Ah. I'm going to step up and shove the pirate aside and say, hi, there. <laughs> oof. I say oof. Vas, <laughs> vas, now. How many beasts attacked you? Uh, just the one that I think I saw, but it was maybe eyes and back, but... Could be mice. What the hell did yeah. you just say? <laughs> I was just trying to figure it Eisen, out. Eisenbach. Eisenberg. You know, in, in glow of lantern, the eyes glow. I see one big animal fur, and I see eyes glow back behind. A glowing-eyed bear, you say? <laughs> and Maria here, over her meal, says... He thinks that there were other animals behind him. Oh! But he oh. only was attacked by the one large one. Like they have a team. How many do you think were circled around? Uh, just the one was uh, right at me. Maybe bar with bar cubs. <laughs> the, the, the bar cubs had glowing eyes? Yeah, from the light. The light glow eyes. Yeah? Let uh, me ask you let me ask you this question. Do you know of any bar dens that are around? No, no, I stick to farm as much. Sometime go to scald, sometime harmonia to sell. Well then I have an idea. If you will take us to the spot in the morning, or say the dead of midnight, which I prefer, 
Um, we'll track down these bars and uh, kill them. Yeah, this is good. I not walk very well now. Maybe you can carry. Sure, somebody could. I will carry you, my friend. There is no reason you should not be able to make this without our help. And inconvenience me. And inconvenience him. It is grateful. Not many in this land like to help others. You are kind peoples. If you want to think so, yes. I'm quite kind. Could my mother you, have been wrong? You're welcome in Anta's home. Now, on wall is Blunderbust is loaded and ready if you need tonight. We should all sleep in house, though. Farm not safe because of barter. Is tonight a full moon by chance? No. Not just, that I know. Just checking. Okay. So, Maria, where food? Ready? Huh? Yeah? So, you can choose to uh, fast travel through this meal and get to the evening, but if there's more information you'd like, you can certainly talk to Maria or Antosh. I think I've heard everything I want to hear about bears. Let's fast travel through the evening and get to bear killing in the morning. Okay, okay, <laughs> but let's set a watch throughout the night. And a right. Yeah, now Antosh's mm-hmm. instructions were he thinks everyone should stay in the house. He thinks that would right. be the most safe. And I well, know well, you guys I mean, are planning on I mean, going to barn. Says, yeah, everybody stays in the house, but we set a watch Just want to make sure. every couple of hours. Yeah. Trade off sure. the watch. Promise okay. doesn't have a watch. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not watching. I'm studying my spells to get them back. I'm down four spells. All right. So yeah, typical family evening. Kind of. There's a little bit of a uh, strumming of a lute, uh, smoking of pipes. The uh, children try to decipher the spell books, but they can't read. Uh, as the night goes on, that kind of cheery feel starts to go away. Uh, Outside, in the twilight, it appeared to be a place straight out of fairy tales. Uh, Lovely grove of trees, well-tended, small stream flowed by the barnyard, grass grows tall and lush all around. But now it feels dark and menacing. The shadows are long, and a few of them you feel like you see move from time to time, but every time you look through the window to check you don't see anything, and maybe it was your imagination. Can we shutter the windows? I'm pref- I, I prefer not being. Yeah, you can shutter. Things. You can shutter the windows, and Antosh just sort of looks, and he's holding the blunderbuss in his lap. The children have moved from their spots of curiosity around Antosh and Maria. Finally, he says, "Well, let's. Uh, I go upstairs now with family to bed." And we try to sleep. But you get the sense that there won't be much sleeping this night. Challenge accepted. How do you think the children got created? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Antoshin. All right. We're going to close. And with that, we'll end this episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D. This week's episode of Sci-Fi Writers Playing Old School D&D was brought to you by... Premature Burial Alert Systems. When death really isn't the end. I'm Chris Porteau, author of the Legacy Fleet novel Avenger, the first Swarm War Book 2. 
your host and producer of this podcast. Our executive producer is Jason Ansbach, author of Till Death. Kevin G. Summers, author of The Bleak December, designed our epic logo. You can pick it up on hoodies and shirts over in our Green Dragon Loot Shop. The shop's logo was created by the lovely and talented Guinevere Boar, our magic user's spousal unit. Go check out the Loot Shop, our bios, and more at OldSchoolDnd.com. That's O-L-D-S-C-H-O-O-L-D-N, as in Nancy, D.com. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.